0: The Silence Voices Stories of MST podcast discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics related to military sexual trauma. We want to provide a safe space for survivors and those seeking to understand these issues better. Please be advised that the content may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know is in need of support, please consider seeking guidance from a mental health professional or a trusted resource. Welcome to Silence Voices, Stories of MST, hosted by Rachelle Smith. This podcast is dedicated to giving a voice to military sexual trauma survivors. Each week, we'll bring you powerful stories of courage, resilience, and healing. Join us on this journey to create awareness, spark dialogue, and drive change within the military community. It's time to break the silence and amplify the voices of those who have been silenced for far too long. Listen in and become a part of a movement that's shaping the future. voices stories of mst hi everyone this is rachel smith your host as always of Silence voices stories of mst this is our penultimate episode yes second to last and it is one that i've been teasing since probably the inception of this podcast this was the story that i knew i had to tell When I got better, my roommate from this hospitalization at the VA Medical Center in Houston, Maggie, and I had a very rough 48 hours at this institution. Honestly, it's so far-fetched and crazy, all of the things that happened to us in the span of 48 hours, that you wouldn't believe it if we were individually telling you about this and and it had only happened to one of us. So I'm so glad that she was there with me throughout this experience. It was just awful in so many ways which you'll hear, but To have somebody else there that just understands and and is going through all of that with me it really made a difference and maggie has such a great sense of humor and one thing i can really thank her for is even though we had this awful experience we laughed so much in that hospital room and it was really nice to feel close to somebody again because in that year that i lived in houston I really sequestered myself to my bedroom and my living room. I rarely left my apartment, so it was nice to be around people again, and even better to be around somebody that truly understood what I was going through. If you want to reach out to Maggie and send her a word of kindness or empathize with what we went through, please hang out till the end of the episode, and I will let you know how.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Maggie I'm an Army veteran, and I am just trying to go through life day by day. Same. (laughs) We'll get
0: into how I ended up there. But, yeah, what what led up to just ending up on the sixth floor that day? It was December 26th. (laughs) I remember it like clockwork.
1: Yeah, I had no idea because I was already, like, in a manic state. But (laughs) that probably was my third time being hospitalized, Crazy enough, that was the third time I, well, I think that was the first time that I was involuntarily. The other two times I said, okay, yeah, I need to go in. This last time that I went, thankfully, I didn't go last year. <laughs> but in 2022, I I pretty much, they said, yeah, she has to go. And for the most part, I've been diagnosed with bipolar But it always happens when I have a thyroid issue, like I've had Grays disease. And when I first got into the army in 2003, and I got my thyroid, a total thyroid anectomy uh, done in 2004. And I've just been struggling ever since with mental health from it. It's up and down, like, you know roller coaster of like dealing like trying to control my hormones and my mental health from that sur- after having that surgery and that diagnosis. I think I finally got it under control finally for the first time. Oh, that's awesome to hear. 20 years of dealing with this. Yeah. But yeah, the last time when we finally when we met and and became roommates, that that one was a doozy. That one was an interesting one. That
0: was quite the day let's see on my end i uh christmas has always been kind of a a weird season for me just because of a trauma anniversary around that time so before i got better usually around christmas i would have some kind of episode i guess i would call it where i would just get really depressed and just not be in the right state of mind that particular day, I just said, F it, <laughs> I'm done fighting. Like, I'm, at the time when I was living in Houston, I would not leave my apartment. Like, I was straight agoraphobic. Like, and plus, the area I lived in was really dangerous. So. Oh, yeah,
1: you lived in Guns Point, which is Green Point, yeah. where I grew up at. Which yeah. is, it was, it did not look like that when, in the 80s and 90s. It, it was really, mm-hmm. they had a target, <laughs> the mall was still live and functioning yes but by the time you you were living there it was pretty rough
0: yeah yeah There like gunshots all the time and I was afraid to like walk to my mailbox at my apartment complex and yeah I just had enough that day for some reason I I hit my limit with life And, and I remember cleaning up my entire place because I thought it would be Harder for my family to find me in a a messy place, which uh, you know that's just mental illness logic. You know, it just it doesn't make any sense. I got the place clean and then had my little plan together, and just for some reason, I decided to text my therapist and say I'm I'm thinking of doing just the worst thing, and she said go to the hospital. So yeah, and on your end,
1: on my end, I you know it was such a blur. I had just had sir. I just had surgery, a cosmetic surgery. Oh, yeah. I had got a a full tummy tuck and lipo three sixty, and I think the medication that I was taking on top of the normal medication that I used for my thyroid for my Graves disease did not mesh well. It took me to a manic state. I think I was already manic for like maybe twenty four hours before we had met. And then by the time I met you, I was sedated and got. When I finally met you, I had woke up and I was actually like, "Oh shit, I'm here again. No, I'm stuck on the sixth floor again. Oh no." Yeah. <laughs> so I was. By the time you met me, I was like, "I'm ready to like get me out of here. <laughs> like this is, I don't need to be in here." But yeah, apparently I needed to be in there for at least at least for twenty four hours to get my my mind right. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it worked out.
0: I remember. I called an Uber, like my therapist, she was just like, go to the hospital. So I got an Uber, got to the VA there, went to the ER, just said, hey, I'm tempted, whatever. And they just took me back immediately and took all my stuff and put it in a bag. And I think they took some labs maybe. And then I went up to the sixth floor after like a couple of hours of just sitting there waiting, and they put me in the room with you after doing, like, a strip search, and I was already, like, panicking and stuff, so the last thing I wanted to be was, like, mostly naked in front of people, and that's always fun. I mean, I understand why they do it, but I got up there, and I think it was, like, 11 o'clock, maybe ten 45, 11-ish, and I got in the room, you were there, and I think you were sleeping or just, I don't know. You might have been sedated.
1: Definitely (laughs) probably sedated.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I get in the room. Our room is right across from the nurse's station. So it's this big glass wall so they can see everything. And we were put in the geriatric unit for some reason. I just think Um, there's an
1: overflow.
0: Yeah, because there was a guy that got admitted at the same time as me, and I didn't see him. He got put on a different unit. Yeah, we were putting a room together, and I am panicking and somewhat crying because, like, psych wards are just not fun places or nice places. There's no pictures, no clouds. It is
1: not clean looking at all. It looks janky (laughs) as hell.
0: (laughs) Yep. So I I remember laying down, and out of our window, you could kind of see the lights of Houston. So I was, like, trying to count them to keep myself calm. And then the next thing I hear is, DJ, DJ, you got to get out of here. DJ, DJ, what are you doing? DJ, come on. And I turn over, and there's this man
1: standing at the foot of my bed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The man, the old man shuffled in. Did he mm-hmm. have a walker? Or did he not have a walker?
0: I don't think he had a walker. He had dementia, and he had, I think they're called a minder or something like that. It's when somebody has a staff member, it has to be within arm's reach of them. And DJ's room was maybe four or five doors down the hall. And somehow, he managed to evade his minder and walk past the glass-open nurse's station Mm -hmm. and get into our room. And... I don't know if you know anything about Alzheimer's, but my grandmother had it, and it can lead to some very inappropriate behavior and stuff that's, like, completely out of people's, like, regular nature. There's a lot of inappropriate sexual things that happen Mm -hmm. with that disease, and this man was just standing at the end of my bed, and I froze. Like, I didn't know what to do except say, get out get out, get out, you need to leave. I remember turning to look at you to see if you were awake, and you were also just, like, wide-eyed, like, didn't really know what to I was do. actually
1: shocked. I was like, what is going yeah. on?
0: hmm As soon as they got that guy, DJ, out of the room, I rushed out. I was pissed, because I've been hospitalized in civilian hospitals a number of times. Not once has a- another patient let alone another patient of a different gender, (laughs) get into my room, ever, never, never, never. And I was furious, and so I was like, I need to call my mother. They wouldn't let me because it was past phone time. And then I was like, all right, then you need to fucking transfer me, excuse my French, but you need, I'm not staying here, and the guy was such an asshole about it, treating me like I was crazy and saying, well, do you want a Xanax? No, I don't want a Xanax. I want to know why this man was in my room, three, not even three feet away from me. Like, he was next to my feet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was by your feet. Because I was like, my bed was closest to the door. So he walked Mm -hmm. past me and came to your twin bed. Mm Mm-hmm. And
0: a lot of time, like, Fear is it comes out as anger, and I mean, I was I still feel in every right to be as angry as I was. Absolutely. And they would not let me talk to anybody. I was like, I want a manager. I want the patient advocate. I want all these people because I know my rights as a patient because I've been in hospitals a number of times. They would not let me speak to anyone. Then they would also not tell me their names. Yeah. (laughs) Guess who didn't sleep that night. Yeah. (laughs) neither of us really in the morning I guess in whatever report they gave to the morning staff they told them that a patient had gotten into our rooms and whoever the nursing manager was she was like oh well you know that doesn't usually happen and blah 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 and I was like I want the patient advocate still wouldn't let me speak to them she just gave us these weak ass platitudes and okay well here's what we're gonna do we're gonna have somebody sitting outside of your door and this and that and like I'm still furious that's when we get to talking finally is because
1: we both were just pissed (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was ready to Um, go already so so that made me even want to go more Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely and I remember when you When we were talking, you were saying that because of your surgery, you had a special garment that you had to wear, and they wouldn't let you keep it at first. Yeah,
1: yeah. I needed the pressure, the compression, so I wouldn't get blood clots in my Mm -hmm. abdomen. So I was like freaking out, because it was less than two weeks since I've had the surgery. And they had pulled out the... I had these drainage tubes that they actually pulled out prior... I had the drainage tubes in two on both sides, left and right, and coming into the emergency room. I was already sedated, but by the time I got up to the sixth floor, they were gone, so I was freaking out. Wow, I was supposed to get those removed by my actual physician who had done the surgery, and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to get those drainage out at the time, so I didn't know if I had just I was gonna cause myself infections or not being in the on the sixth floor. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty intense uh, effed up moment. <laughs> yeah. Definitely treat you like you're crazy when you're on the Yeah, floor. <laughs> I do
0: remember that because that night that, that nurse that was a jerk to me he was like, what was it? I was like, look, I know I'm not in the wrong here because this man was in my room. I need to speak with somebody. And he was like, well, obviously something's wrong if you just try to kill yourself.
1: Uh. Yeah, like he just completely undermined you.
0: I had to fight for my humanity after somebody almost assaulted me again after the whole reason I have PTSD yeah. is because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just let that set in for a second. All of these different people came in and out of our, our room that day, staff members. There was like social workers, psychologists, all of these different people. And each one of them, I was like, a man got in my room. And they were like, well, you know, we have male staff members. And I was like, well, that's nice, because this was a male patient. And all of them looked just shocked. shocked. Yeah. They didn't know what to say. But again, none of them would let me speak to the patient advocate. They wouldn't tell me anything about making a complaint. And then was it? Yeah, the plot thickened, because the room that we were in have two beds, and then there's, like, this bathroom that connected the room next door. So we shared sink, toilet, shower. The lady that was in the other room, she was not having a good day. Yeah. (laughs) Stomach-wise, she is...
1: Yeah, and that's when I had enough, because the sanitation was getting out of hand for me. You know, me just having surgery and having open... You know, wounds. I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I get my mental health not mm-hmm. stable, but I'm stable enough to know that this is uns- unsanitary. <laughs> like,
0: no, this is straight up disgusting. Yeah, like I
1: can't be in here, so or I'm gonna she get was... an infection. Right,
0: right. And she, bless her soul, she kept saying like, I'm so sorry from the bathroom, but like, she was, you know, having a rough time in there, which that happens. Yes. Then she had a rough time in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The shower, bruh. No. And when you go to a psych ward, quite typically they take your shoes if they have laces. And this one, they didn't even let you really keep flip-flops. They give you the grippy socks. Yeah, we had nothing
1: to protect our feet when Mm -hmm. we would go to the restrooms. Mm -hmm. That's true. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, we had the good old grippy sock vacation. (laughs) What was it? When I heard the just, uh, yeah, I I lacked the intestinal fortitude to describe (laughs) what happened in that shower, but it was bad. I don't think
1: I showered there, actually. Think about it. I didn't shower. mm -hmm. I didn't shower for like two or three days being mm -hmm.
0: there. And you had open surgery wounds. Right. Yeah. I refused.
1: I was like, I, I can't do this. This is going to cause me to have an mm-hmm. infection. I need to go home. Yeah. And
0: I I can't remember if she was a nurse or maybe a nurse assistant. I'm not so sure. So the, but... the lady
1: who actually told them she was a nurse, I can't, I hate that I forgot her name, but she like, she, she understood because she had just had the cosmetic right. surgery like a, a year prior. So she she was advocating for me and yeah. saying, hey, she's got to have this garment or it's going to yeah. mess her up. She was
0: like the only person in that daytime staff that looked out for us.
1: She did. She actually was. And there was another lady, too, that like stood there and she understood our frustrations about mm-hmm. the male being in the, re- in the in our bedroom. was Did he come twice by any chance? It was a
0: different man, yeah. What? Remember? Okay. Yeah. You were in the room. You went to the day room. I think you went to watch TV. They were playing a game or something, but I stayed in the room, and then in walks another man, and that was the man with the walker.
1: Okay, okay. I knew there was somebody with the walker. <laughs>
0: yeah, girl. But prior to that, with the lady that was just having a rough day in the bathroom. One of the nurse assistants walked in, and I very pleasantly, even though I was pissed, (laughs) I very pleasantly was like, hey, can I ask you something? Um, She was like, yeah, what's up? And I said, do you guys have any shower shoes or something? And this lady looked me dead in the eye and said, who the hell do you think you are?
1: Mm. Mm. I, I remember that she thought that we were being like as if she was like this isn't like a hotel for your leisure Mm -hmm. not understanding the situation and what was going on in the restroom
0: yep so I said oh I'm sorry did you want me to walk through shit in my socks and the look on her face she knew she fucked up (laughs) (laughs) oh she knew boy Yeah, I asked, and I I said that, and then I said, oh, and what's your name? She took off her name tag.
1: Yeah.
0: I just remember she had this colorful scarf covering her hair, and none of the other staff members would tell us her name either. Mm -hmm. So she, to her credit, even though she was a jerk, she went and called housekeeping, and they came and bleached the whole place. Poor lady... She went back in the bathroom maybe 10 minutes after that. Same thing happened over again. Yeah, and
1: tore it up again.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was was awful. I think after that, I remember we asked for books, and they came just with, I think it was like a Bible, and then something else. (laughs) Yeah,
1: maybe some word puzzles or something, crossword puzzles. I'm like, no, this ain't it. (laughs)
0: in our in our conversation this whole time maggie and i discovered we're both not religious so it was hysterical that they brought this bible to us (laughs) so we we're, we're just waiting for the evening we've i've called my parents and told them what happened i left the name of my psychiatrist and my therapist because i was pissed and i knew they would be as well and try to do something about it Again, they still wouldn't let me speak to the patient advocate then. They managed to call my psychiatrist, but not my therapist. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Then you went to the day room, and I stayed watching the sunset because it was actually really pretty, and I was watching all the different lights come on. Oh, by the way, this all went slow as hell. This was Mm -hmm. the longest day of my life. (laughs) I'm sitting there looking out the window and then I hear some rustling and I'm thinking it's Maggie and I'm like oh hey and then there's this man in my room and no joke before the nursing manager left she promised up and down that our door would be locked and there would be somebody in a chair sitting outside mm-hmm. so how did this man get in?
1: <laughs> Slacking
0: yeah and that when I rose, I I was like, all I said was, get out. Like, I yelled, like, this came from my diaphragm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I was so angry. And that time, I wasn't taking no for an answer for calling my parents. So I called them again, and my mom is a lieutenant colonel, and she let them have it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: After that, I made sure to write down was it the Joint Commission, whatever, the complaint thingy, they had a Mm -hmm. a big paper with, like, an email address on there, and I wrote that down, and then they had a lady come sit with us in the room, and she was actually so sweet. She was so kind, because she could tell we had been through hell in the last, like, how many hours might that have been at the time? Who knows?
1: Yeah. It it had to (laughs) have been, like, 48 hours by that time that and we were like, we're done. We, and mm-hmm. I was calling my husband like on the hour, every hour, like, get mm-hmm. me the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my God. But she was so nice. And she was telling us about how she met her husband and, and all of these different things, just sharing positive stories with us to, to calm us down. Mm-hmm. And that actually helped so much she actually heard the other lady in the bathroom too and she came back with like those extra strength hospital wipes the ones that you have to wear gloves to use Mm
1: -hmm.
0: she was like you guys have been listening to this all day and i was like oh it's been more than listening yeah (laughs) she took care of us and i think there was another guy that the the nurse had spoken with the one that got your garment she said like he was gonna look out for us overnight because she was just beyond like she's like I can't believe all of this happened here Mm -hmm. the following day thankfully nobody got in that night the following day they I know, they said they were going to release you. I remember that. And then they told me they were going to move me to a private room instead. And I was like, uh-uh, patient advocate, now. I am not staying here yeah. another minute. <laughs> I will raise all kinds of hell. And I think maybe just something in my face or the tone of my voice, they're like, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to, mm-hmm. <laughs> But that was, oh, that was just the worst, man. When I tell people about this, they really think I'm exaggerating.
1: I'm like, no, no, no. it's like that on the psych wards at the VA. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to say fortunately or whatever, but I've only gone to this particular hospital for when I have these mental breaks. and mm-hmm. I'm just exhausted, but I, I just don't think it's like that everywhere. I really don't. Like, I don't know. No.
0: It's not. I've I've interviewed a fair few veterans, and depending on the location, their experiences are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Which, not right. Absolutely not right. The fact that both of us had to fight for our humanity when you, one, are, like, really incapacitated. You could barely
1: walk. Yes. I could mm-hmm. barely sit up straight at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took—and I didn't get—I wasn't able to, like, fully, like, get— 100 percent until like maybe six months after that but having to go to the hospital you know two weeks you know less than actually it was less than two weeks it was like probably a week or so like like a little bit over a week that i had just had a surgery i i don't think that helped at all with Mm -hmm. my recovery and i think it actually prolonged me to being six months longer because of that that hospitalization that was pretty unfortunate, and I
0: remember the uh, you had missed like a a massage appointment that you had one of those lymphatic ones, yeah. I think yeah
1: mm-hmm. I did I had to get it rescheduled, yeah, it worked out eventually at the end, but yeah, but because of that experience is why I've really focused on my mental health and stability and resilience <laughs> to make sure I don't go back <laughs> in there again. This is not a, I, don't, I just don't think it's helpful at all. Especially here at the Houston VA, no. I, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Not at all.
0: I hear you, honey. Because that was just such an eye-opening experience. Like, I've literally been to a... There was a, a psych ward that was in... I want to say it's Ocala. It's called the Vines. A patient there actually killed a staff member. And I felt safer there (laughs) than at the VA. And and I don't know when that, it was years before I think I even was there, but I remember reading that in the reviews and being like, okay. (laughs) That nobody would listen to us except one or two people. And say their staff had 15 people coming in and out of the place, rotating throughout the day. And pretty much as soon as, someone walked out the door. It was like not my problem anymore.
1: Right. Right. They they check in, they clock in, they clock out. It was it mm-hmm. was no longer their problem. Yeah, most yeah. definitely.
0: To their credit, they they asked if maybe I had had a TBI because of what had happened when I was in the military and I was like, you know, my psychiatrist had said that she wanted me to get a was it an MRI or a CAT scan, whichever one, and so they did schedule that for me, but the doctor was such a dick, and he, oh my god, and, and there were some super racial undertones, because the nurse, and she was the cool one, she looked at me, because usually I have a really good filter, but after everything that was going on, I was no. like, let
1: me tell you when I'm on the sixth floor, <laughs> i'm a I don't know that that's an alter ego, but you yeah. do I have no filter like I'm yeah. gonna tell it like it is. I'm gonna call you what I think you are and everything right. else underneath the sun. yeah, I am not kind when I feel like that you're getting on my last nerves on the sixth floor I, yeah, I am that crazy veteran. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like you kind of have to because if mm-hmm. you're just like a go with the flow like oh it's okay they definitely don't pay attention to your eyes. well
1: you'll get <laughs> stuck there you'll get and? stuck there for like weeks honestly if you don't act. the crazier you act the faster you get out of there unfortunately
0: like, it's the truth hmm and that doctor like the nurse walked me down and she was just like you know what hon like this is just another step until you get released so just just go with it okay and I was like all right all right I I wish I remembered her name because she was awesome but this doctor he's like what's your name and I say Rachelle Smith and he's like okay Raquel and the just the Caucasian need to urbanize my name, I wish I could <laughs> explain. Yeah. That. But like, I was done. So I was like, I said my name's Rachel. And I'm not rude like that to anybody yeah. ever. And I, the nurse, she just touched my hand kind of. And I was like, okay, maybe I was a little out of pocket. But he's like, okay, Rachel, well, we'll see what we'll do here. And I was <laughs> like, look, I've been to college. I know you've been to college. You probably spent a lot more time there than me since you're a doctor. You should be able to understand how I pronounce my damn name. And the nurse, she had a mask on, but you could tell she was fighting back laughter because I just didn't give a damn. And right. so they put me in the machine or whatever. And when I left, she was telling me that the dude just kept mispronouncing my name the whole time, like purposely, because he he was just
1: an ass. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: But it was one of those, like, as a person of color, when you do explain your name to someone and then they keep loving it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, you know, that's like a a racial disrespectful thing. It's not like, like, if I were to say my name is um, Amanda, you wouldn't be like, all right, Nene, like, (laughs) right. If I was uh, blonde hair, blue-eyed, or red-eyed, whatever, or red-haired, whatever, like, people don't do that stuff, but it um, was, <laughs> I was, oh, man, I don't think I have ever been so angry and so, just, it was a humiliating experience because I went there for help. Yeah,
1: and it just felt like you are being, it felt like they're chastising you and undermining you, and it, it's feels like you're being belittled that's why i i refuse to go back i i I told my husband if i ever felt like that i was going please just put me to bed just let me sleep it, (laughs) let me sleep it off like at this point please like i promise Mm -hmm. i won't do anything crazy just lock me in the room give me some time to sleep this off it's really unfortunate how how they treat people with mental health Mm-hmm. and then they treat you like an idiot like you don't know what's going on you do know what's going on
0: the thing that blew me away too was like i was very rightfully panicking and well no i wasn't even panicking i went past panic straight to rage mm-hmm. <laughs> usually there's a step-by-step process but when that first man got into the
1: room and they were
0: like we'll fix this with a pill we'll give you a pill."
1: That's that's lovely that they even thought about giving you anything like that. I don't think I was offered anything but Tylenol and ibuprofen.
0: That's so true. I was
1: on another level. Had, no one never offered me a Xanax.
0: I remember that because you were you kept telling them how much pain you were in, and you had like a Percocet prescription or something,
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: would only give you Tylenol. Yeah. Or no, it wasn't even Tylenol. They gave you Motrin. They gave you the 800 milligram one. The horse pill
1: mm-hmm. that they normally give you in the military, yep. <sighs> Vitamin M. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it was just this whole time. I mean, and, and people say this all the time when you are a patient. Uh, even if you, I don't know, have cardiac problems or something, they say you've got to advocate for yourself. But how are you going to advocate for yourself if nobody listens? Right. And nobody wants to listen. Like they're just like, look, I'm here for my check. I don't mm. give a damn that you served your country.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. they the culture at that VA is something that I would never want to experience again. Honestly, I don't think I even step foot there to get any blood work done. And I'm supposed to get blood work done for my thyroid. I've just been doing it all my own mm-hmm. with my medications and stuff. But that's it's really unfortunate because of that incident. I I don't think that I I am taking care of myself properly. And I I am luckily because I have a new job and I am getting better health care. I'm gonna go out and get outside resources than going to the VA. The VA just freaking sucks. <laughs> it just does. I don't know if it needs to be privatized. I have no idea. But it's it ain't it.
0: <laughs> the worst, hands down, experience, and like, and being in a psych ward in general is not a good experience. Usually, I mean, there's, there's whatever you, whatever level that you're on, there's somebody on level like over nine thousand of that, right? <laughs> Just wiling out, and all you have to do is make it that forty-eight or seventy-two hours, depending on your state. But it's scary in there, and it's you never know what's going to happen most of the time there's there's not really anything to take your mind off of being there, like there's a TV maybe somewhere, and I don't know maybe twenty five people or more have to decide on watching one thing right, <laughs> but this one legitimately I, I think most most wards that I've been in, they have some kind of artwork, like murals on the wall. Oh. And, stuff that has like it's supposed to be positive but calming mm-hmm. and
1: soothing yeah right it
0: it, nothing. no
1: old minty green yes yes beige. yeah dingy walls that yeah it's not great i've when seen I... better gel cells <laughs> yikes yeah
0: but I, I do remember when I, I finally left Houston, I remembered that we were just hurting for books. Like, we were just like, at, at the very least, can we have a book? So I took a lot of my, my book collection from my apartment and I brought it there mm-hmm. to donate them because I, I figured, oh, they don't have any books. Tell me why. I get up to whatever floor it is where they take the donations. And the person takes me to this little room. It is filled with books. There are books all the way to the back. They're stacked up on each other. It looks like a secondhand bookstore in right. there. All these books. And none of them have made it to the patients.
1: They're just there. Just They're just there. In there. Wow. That's really unfortunate. Us. But the Bible, though. <laughs> But the Bible made it onto the sixth floor. <laughs> it
0: did, it did. I mean, I guess they figured we needed Jesus after all the hell we were raising. <laughs> it was just, I I'm I've seen dysfunction in a workplace, but not not like that. Yeah. But the yeah. I think the cherry on top of all of this was um, remember I had written down the email for the Joint's Commission's. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of the name of the whole organization. I write this whole email, I detail the 48 hours that we were there to the T, because I wrote notes <laughs> in that book that I got. I sent the email, it came back, because it, the email address didn't exist anymore.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: So I had to go to the website and then submit it, and then I got some sort of confirmation number, never heard anything again, so... I wrote Barack, (laughs) I wrote Michelle, I wrote Donald himself. I didn't give a damn. Somebody was going to hear about this. (laughs) I wrote, I think it was three of the newspapers in Houston. Nothing.
1: Nobody cared. Nobody. That's really unfortunate.
0: Just crazy. Crazy. And we're, or at least I'm um, MST survivor, whereas you were having the, um, extreme mental health day but we are i I would say probably not considered as i don't know what a good word would be like but if, if you're a veteran that has ptsd from combat your treatment's much different
1: yeah we're not on the priority list for sure we're we're pretty much not treated up to the utmost respect when it comes to you know you know patient care at the va most definitely
0: Mm-mm. every time i down to that va when you walk in there's just this big open area of people just sitting there's just these gross old men that will be like hey girl mm-hmm. hey or they'll be like nudging their friend like go oh, check that out and it's and then <laughs> the very final time i went there to get blood work and that was actually before this hospitalization. I sat down and I'm waiting and this old man he was like hey I need a new wife you want to come to lunch with me and I'm like oh you know? and I I probably make the same exact amount of money that you do where are we gonna go cracker barrel like <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah unfortunately yeah the military being as the ratio is like when I was in it was like female to male it was like 10 to 1 yeah. it was pretty intense when it came to just as being a woman in the military, having to watch your back and and being careful and mindful and how you, when you're being approached to men in the military, how you conduct yourself accordingly, so you don't either become a target or you become too aggressive and they want to attack you anyway because you're yeah. du- you're, you're you're too you're too protective and too sassy for your own good kind of situation, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah, you're,
0: you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Right, right. I really hope that things change sooner than later, but really, we just culturally have to come to a consensus together this shit needs to stop because there's absolutely no reason for us to go through all of that While on active duty and then get to the VA and have to fight twice as hard. Just to be heard.
1: Most definitely.
0: Like, what were they going to do if that man DJ did get into my bed and do something to me? What
1: was going to happen then? Yeah. Were they going to let you talk to the patient advocate then?
0: I doubt it. I I can't help but shake, or I can't shake the feeling that somehow it would have been my fault.
1: Do you feel like they would have turned it around on you?
0: Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I do. I feel that way. Because they did when I went blazing out of the room asking why the hell this happened. And it was like, well, you tried to kill yourself. You're crazy. Get back in your room. And, or take the Xanax, then get back in your room. Right.
1: Like, <laughs> and like I'm your, just saying, your like... opinion does not matter at this point. Yeah. Yeah. If if that
0: man had gotten into my room, then they gave me a Xanax, then Lord forbid he got into my room again, I wouldn't have been able to defend myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not like that it would have solved the problem yeah. at all. I I pray that this experience of ours was unique and extreme. Mm-hmm. But I don't know,
1: yeah. man. <laughs> I mean, I haven't spoken to anyone else about their experience out there but most definitely I like, I, like again yeah, like as I said before that was my third time being at this particular sixth floor and that one was pretty you could tell that we were the ward the mental health ward was was packed and I don't and, and it's funny because I want I was like oh it's the holidays people get the blues during the holidays that honestly, that was like my second time being in the ward during the holidays, and but this time in particular was just it just seemed pr- it it seemed pretty intense, and it just didn't seem like that it was it was ha- they handled any of the situations that we gone through according like as protocol as they did prior to when I was there the second time, which is unfortunate. Wow. The care was was trash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in short yeah <laughs> it was trash. were there uh, on your second stay there were there more people maybe or it was
1: less people and wow. they had a patient they had a counselor there who was actually like caring and he even said hey i've been in your shoes i've been right where you've been So it kind of calmed us down. He said, you're going to get through it. This is temporary. So like the atmosphere, the vibe was a little bit, you know, it was more peaceful, it was calm. I made friends Mm -hmm. this last time around. I don't know if it's because we were in the geriatric ward and they just kind of put all the women with the older people. I don't know. It just felt different. It seemed like that the nurses and the staff were a little bit more jaded. And I don't know. If it's just because they're being overworked or they just haven't been properly trained, I have no idea. But I could definitely tell the difference. From the second time, from the third and last time that I've gone, it had been like maybe two years. So staffing was had already they have a high turnover rate there. So I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it was not the same staff that it was before, prior to when I was there the second or the first time that I was there.
0: That's just wild, and it it really seemed like none of the staff had been a part of the military either. That it was no,
1: just... no, they were all civilians. Not one mm-hmm. was. Only the only the one when I was there the second time around. There were prior service there. This time around, it was nothing but. No, no prior military, no veterans. There were only the ones who were patients on the floor.
0: I feel like that makes a difference, honestly. Definitely does. Thank you for being there with me through that whole thing because I, if I was in that room alone and all that stuff happened, nobody would have believed me. Yeah. Nobody. Or if you were in that room alone, everybody would have been like, oh, you're just exaggerating. Right.
1: First of all, no one was giving, they didn't give a damn what the hell I had to say. Because I came in, (laughs) blades of glory, prior before you got in there, just all over the place. Because I just, I was not stable. Like my, my medication and having the surgery, like really threw my hormones for out of -hmm. of whack. Yeah, they, they didn't care what I had to say at all.
0: When you did finally like come back to Earth, I guess like you weren't incoherent in any way, or I don't know, you weren't like sitting there talking like I'm a toucan or anything like that. Yeah, we like, weren't talking just, about like,
1: aliens hey, and stuff uh-uh. like that. Like
0: <laughs> you just you kept saying like I need that garment, right? Like it wasn't even like a, a bitchy statement or you said it in some sort of like riddle or roundabout way. No. It was a plain statement. I need that garment. <laughs> but they acted like you said it. Like like you were the riddler or something. Right.
1: <laughs> riddle me this. What is she saying? What is she trying to achieve? The garment. I'm trying to get the garment. <laughs> oh my God i give you smoke signals for them to spell it out for them. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate how they treat people on who are going through mental health. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't help. It really doesn't. Who's to say, you know, thank God, like, you get out and you are just, like, screw it. No one cares, you know, and you just end up. Because I, I think they're supposed to do, like, what, a, a follow-up check on you once you're released?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess what I did when I was released? I blocked every single VA number that called me every day after that. Mm-hmm. Every single one. I would not pick up the phone.
1: I would say that was a fail on their part then.
0: <laughs> and I was on the high risk list for a long time. And no joke, I've really got lucky finding that med um, on Reddit because after having that experience, like, you have this like bit of euphoria when you leave the hospital just because you're like, I'm so happy I'm not there anymore. But that lasts right. what two hours, three hours, then you're back to like, oh god, this is my life. But
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. back to reality,
0: as low as I was on the 26th when I got home on the evening of the 28th, I had that little two hour window weirdly. I made a cat friend. It it was the strangest thing. This cat, when I I looked at my ring doorbell, this cat had showed up at my apartment and was sitting outside the front door. And he got there about 10 minutes before I got home from my Uber ride. And he came in and just hung out with me for a little while. And then he like ran up to the door, scratched at it. And I was like, oh, all right. And he left. But that cat, I named him outside Dave. He, no joke, came to visit me like every two or three days after that. Strangest thing in the world. But wow. figuring he, was, he was like a, I don't know, little guardian angel on four four legs. Yeah. But that, that was the thing I held on to, to pull myself out of that. It was not anything that happened there. Nothing the social worker said. Nothing that whichever therapist tried to say whatever None of that mattered to me. It was just that I got out of there, and I have something to look forward to each day now. Mm. And it's outside Dave, the cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, no joke, after maybe a month, like I found that med. My psychiatrist went to bet for me to get it from TRICARE, and I got better. And this podcast was the result of that had that cat not been there and I just went back to that same low that I was on on the 26th, I don't know if I'd be here right now. I really, truly don't. And that's, that is the detriment of going to, going to get help and then getting anything like
1: that. It's funny because it's like you go into the VA to get help. And then once you're there, you're like, I just need to get out. Like, that you're fighting for your life on a whole different level it's Mm -hmm. so weird man you think Mm -hmm. that you're going in there to get better and then you come out becoming a survivor of just Mm -hmm. trying to get your mental health in order and not wanting to go back it's really more of a fear of not going back to that place is not mm-hmm. a place that I say oh that's a place to get rest or help or something it's more like oh I don't want to go back there anymore it's more fear I don't want to go mm-hmm. in that level of treatment it's unfortunate yeah. that's how I view the VA It yeah
0: I'd say that I, I very much had the same thing where it was okay I can either you know take my risk out here and see what happened or I can know exactly what's going to happen to me at the VA. Right. I'll take my chances. Like, I don't want to go through that. Nobody should go through anything like that ever, especially if they're vulnerable, if they're scared. I mean, if they're scared for their life and then they have to go fight for their humanity. Like most people, when you're, when you're that low, you don't have that kind of energy or motivation. Like you just roll over.
1: Yeah, I went from like sadness to panic to anger, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like all these that, it's just survival. Like you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to feel like that at the VA.
0: Before he had mentioned that there's a different you when you get to that sixth floor. That is the survival part. Your brain shuts down all of the the things that make you nice and amenable to things, and you know, go with the flow. All of that is turned off.
1: I am yeah, definitely not. I might have zero filter when I'm there. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I I know if you just stay calm and docile, you'll you're going to stay in there longer and why stay there longer so you can deal with what's his name Dave walking in back into your ha- into your room again shuffling in in the middle of the night. Yeah. Or
0: just, you know, walking through literal poop on the yeah. ground yeah. in yeah.
1: socks. Yeah. Yeah. And then being told that, you know, who do you think you are for even asking for sanitation? Is this crazy?
0: Honestly, when I left there, I had nightmares about it. Like, I kept, and when I would wake up in the morning, I would be terrified that I was going to wake up in on that unit for mm-hmm. a few weeks after that. Like, I, it was legitimately traumatizing. No, to I, go there. I
1: definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, like, I I refuse. Like, again, like I told my husband, you bring me in there one more time, I'm divorcing you. (laughs) I'm not doing it. I'm done. (laughs) That means you hate me. Oh, Lord. I know you hate me. (laughs) That's how I feel about it. (laughs) You, when you did
0: call him, because we were just on the phones trying to get anybody to listen to us. Right. And... I do remember you saying that to him, like point blank. Cause,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. yeah. I still feel but, like. That. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you wouldn't be wrong because, like, if somebody that loves you hears that you have that experience, and they're like, "Nope, that's where you're going," yeah, no, they don't love you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like, know. Um, no, you don't care. You don't care about yeah. me at all.
0: <laughs> you're absolutely right. Thank goodness, like I've made a lot of strides in that year. Just because of finding that medication, but it seems like Lake Nona and then the CBOC that I've gone to a few times before I got, what's it called, the outside care, they were appalled to hear that this happened to me. They were completely shocked. They were like, something like that would never happen here. They offered me all of these different resources to reach out to people in that, what do they call it? It's like the VISN, like the the area that VA serves They gave me all this information of people to report stuff to, and I'm like, I don't have any names.
1: I don't have, yeah. So yeah, what am I gonna report? Right. Like if they went so
0: far as to take the name tag off, like.
1: (laughs) And you know that's unfortunate because that just tells you that they know that they're 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 doing something wrong if they feel Mm -hmm. like they need to hide themselves. There's some legitimacy to what you're, you know, you're what you're trying to say. And it's unfortunate that Mm -hmm. somebody up there right now probably feeling the same way that we felt. And I hate that for them.
0: And there's legitimately nothing they can do about it.
1: That's
0: that's the worst part is already feeling so vulnerable and helpless and then like being made more helpless by the people that are supposed to be helping what Ooh, in the fuck right. but it's i'm i'm just glad we made it through together and
1: yeah i made a, we made a friend yeah uh, yeah exactly we have a trauma
0: bond <laughs> we do we we totally do because i just remember you texting me to check on me every now and then and i was like yeah things are all right like uh, yeah you know but I'm, I'm thinking right now probably somebody's yeah. in that room yeah and that makes my blood run cold that some or two people might be in there and they're just having just as rough a time as we were.
1: Mm-hmm. Just frustrated and how mm-hmm. gross and dingy it looks. I tell them that every time I said, this place is flipping filthy. Like mm-hmm. who in their right mind is going to get in better mental health looking at these ugly ass walls and nothing on it. It looked like just because you think we're crazy does not. It is not helpful. Shouldn't you like brighten up the place and make it cleaner and more cheerful? Where are the plants? Like we can't have plants in here or something? Like Damn. it really frustrates me. Like in the books, there aren't any books. Where are the self help books in there?
0: It's just even the the point you just made. Just because we're crazy doesn't does that mean we don't deserve cleanliness at the very least, right? That's that's just the wildest thing. Again, I'm I'm just so grateful that meeting you came out of that experience, but good lord. Yeah. I, I don't know if other patients really bond like that unless it's like a either a terrible experience or it was like your second stay there where, you know, everything was calm so people were able to talk right. and like kind of be there for each other. Mm-hmm. To me, it is wild that I have nightmares about going
1: Yeah, no, I refuse. I I haven't Mm -hmm. been back since. I haven't. Mm -hmm. The VA is is not going to be my primary care. I feel like you go there to die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That just jogged my memory. Didn't you say your grandfather was up there? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. on that
1: same floor. He deteriorated. He did not get better when he went. It's unfortunate because... I'm very proud that I serve, but it's very unfortunate how they treat their service members, you know, with their healthcare system. And you think, oh, it's free healthcare, But that's if that's our health care and it's supposed to be for that's free for then. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't want that crap. There is a joke from The Simpsons, and I remember this one from when I was a little girl. I had asked my mom to explain it to me when I was little, but then I I did a rewatch of like all 30 whatever seasons of The Simpsons, and it was the episode that, or the two episodes where Mr. Burns got shot. Mr. Burns got shot, and the first hospital they took him to was the VA, and it said, Mr. Burns pronounced dead. And then they took him to a second hospital. It was like Mr. Burns lives.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> so this is not something that's new. This is no. just uh, It's understood.
0: That was a joke in maybe 97, 98. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember there was a whole contest associated with those two episodes of of trying to guess who shot Mr. Burns.
1: Maggie, the baby <laughs> yeah. that's shooting him. Yeah, I remember that.
0: They were making fun of the who shot Jr. <laughs> from um
1: was that Dallas? Dallas, maybe? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Yeah.
0: for for that reference to be in there and I was a child and I recognized it.
1: Something's gotta change. you know, I haven't yeah. even seen anything much. No one really talks about it anymore. Like honestly, the only person the last person I heard it talking about it was Donald Trump about it and you know how everything else has gone after that that went to the wayside that's the, <laughs> the least of everybody's worries right now right <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean there's democracy at, at, at large we are we gonna have that. it next
1: year i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you heard but there's aliens in miami malls right now
0: yeah i read about that that was uh it's just, there's so much going on right now. And then like, we veterans are like, hey, yeah, we just, we want a little better care. And people are like, but aliens.
1: <laughs> yeah. In Palestine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much happening that, yeah, even though we, we served our country and, you know, some people made the ultimate sacrifice, like the people that are left over, we're we're not really at the forefront of anybody's minds unless it's Veterans Day or Memorial Day.
1: Yeah, and And then it's a happy Memorial Day as if it's a day to remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think people think Memorial Day, so that's barbecues and schools ending and summers around the corner. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, again, thank you so much for for joining me, Maggie. I mean, I know, although we are laughing through this, it it was tough to go through that and then bringing it up again to talk about it. My gosh. That's what we do. That's true. That's true.
1: I like again, like I said, you know, prior to I take it literally one day at a time. Because yeah. if I don't, I'm gonna go back to the sixth floor, and I really, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would say one one good question for you: What should people do if they go to the VA and they feel like they're advocating for themselves and they're not being listened to? Do you have any sort of recommendation for them? Like maybe call a family member or something like that.
1: Yeah, you, you got to have at least one person that you trust, a best friend, you know, your spouse or, or your parent or something, a dog, that cat, you yeah. know.
0: Outside Dave, bless his
1: soul. Outside Dave, you got to have something. <laughs> it's crazy, write it out. I'm a huge writer. I, I like to write my thoughts down, even when I go back and I'm like, ooh, I was nutty, you know, but <laughs> I, I, I do, I I feel like you have to get it, get it out some way or another in a in a creative way. That's, yeah, that's, I agree. That's how I I go about uh balancing out that stress and uh, that everyday stressors in my life.
0: If somebody is struggling right now, whether it's to the point of suicidal ideations or maybe it's extreme mental health day like like you had, what would be a good way for them to hold on to hope maybe or a little bit of light? What, I mean, we're out there rooting for you, so you can hold on to that, but what else would there be?
1: You know, what's funny, find something to fight for. That's so funny because you, you, you know, the crazy thing is is when (laughs) we put ourselves in that predicament of being on the sixth floor, it was no longer about like, you kind of realize that, you know, you do want to live. You know, you just want a better quality of life. I always go for find something that makes you laugh. i'm a I love humor. A comedy is one of my one of my most favorite mental health reliefs of stress. And that's what I fall on is humor and and writing is what i I really fall back on. and just having that one person or that again, I said that that outside date cat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, just find something to look forward to. Think about once you finally get out of that dark that dark hole and you look back and you're like, okay, it wasn't that serious. Nothing in life is that deep. Nothing in life is that serious. It's hard to see it when you're in the dark. True. Definitely been there before. And you're like you said, like you you're not in that right state of mind. And the other thing that I've learned is just to get out of the routine, you gotta switch it up. Sometimes that helps as well uh yeah. do something completely different than what you were doing prior to because whatever you're doing ain't working it, uh, if you're willing to you know in your life and you're willing you can take that risk. I always told my friends as like if you're getting to the point where you're just you, i I would just get up and go and go like go on vacation just screw it just blow your money and go on vacation and and, and at least take a weekend and go to the beach and have a good time you know why not you know
0: yeah doesn't seem like anything else is working right so yeah try something completely new (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah I agree with that and and if you're living alone and just kind of terrified of the world like like I was there definitely are people out there that love you and and want you to feel better and you're never truly alone. I'm. There were so many different avenues of help that I could have gone to that I just didn't know about. So one thing that we're doing with the podcast is compiling a very big resource list so you can go through it by state and see if something is near you that you may not have heard before. And you awesome. can go and meet other people and, and get out of your head a little bit. So again, thank you so much. For
1: joining us thank you for doing these podcasts we need you know we need people to talk about these you know these heavy topics i i had dreaded for a while if i'm being honest with you but you know it sometimes it's, it's nice to be able to talk about it you know and get it off your chest sometimes you may not yeah. want to go to therapy but you know you may you never know you you might find somebody on the internet i love the internet it, it's hilarious it really is <laughs> And, um, I, you know, I was browsing around in the app store
0: the other day, and there are now AI chatbots for mental health. So even if you just want to get stuff off your chest that you don't feel comfortable telling anybody, ChatGPT is not going to remember after you close that window.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no judgment.
0: It, you can find the kernel of strength somewhere inside and, and hold on to it for dear life, things will change. They will that was our experience. I'm going to guess that your jaw is probably somewhere around your feet because it was, yeah, there were no words to explain just how terrible it was to be there. In the episode, we had mentioned a nurse that did look out for us. I did remember her name, actually. Her name was Nikki, and I wanted to say a huge thank you to her for being the only person that advocated for us and and actually got Maggie that garment she needed cuz that could have ended terribly. Also wanted to mention the letter of the complaint that I had written. I actually still have it on my phone, so I will actually be posting it on our website as a blog post so you can see just the righteous indignation I had, which I mean, I think still is totally valid. I do want to mention though this isn't the normal experience for veterans. VA care varies from state to state and institution to institution, so I can't say that across the board the whole thing is bad, but this particular experience was just egregious and shouldn't happen to anyone. Again, thank you to Maggie for putting yourself out there. It's not every day that people want you to talk about your experience in a psych ward, but here we are. If you want to leave a word of encouragement for her, she is doing great now. She's thriving, but still a little encouragement never hurt anybody. Go to the Silence Voices website, which is www.silencevoicesmst.com. Click on Listen Online, and then below you'll see Salute to Survivors. So you click on that, go ahead and leave her a little message. I know she would love to hear it and love to know that this story helps someone out there. And like I said before, this one is our second-to-last episode, so our final one is next Saturday, and it is with just a truly intriguing lady. I wanted to end it on a positive note, so she has a blog and a podcast that supports women veterans and also gives advice to young women who are thinking about joining. Her name's Amanda, and I really can't wait for you to meet her So again, my name is Rachelle Smith, and as always, I invite you to stay safe, be kind, and take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Silence Voices, Stories of MST. Your support means the world to us. To keep these important conversations going, we rely on your generosity. Consider donating to help us continue to shed light on this crucial issue. Visit our website, at www.silencevoicesmst.com to contribute, get involved, and join our community. Together, we can make a difference. Stay tuned for more inspiring
1: stories, and remember, your voice matters.